Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Reinsurance Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jared Lee. And it's our first news episode of the year. But who I, are you? I, I was going to say, I should probably <laughs> introduce myself too. I'm Ben Rose. For regular, those of you don't already know. Regular other co-host yeah. that isn't Jared with the English voice. For those <laughs> not watching us in awesome video, yeah. live in person this time. In person. For the news. Yeah. Which is... That doesn't happen often. No. no. We have some time in the studio. We figured end of the month, let's smash into the news. So without further ado, here we go. Yeah, what's going on right here, right now, all around us? Well, right here, right now is severe weather zone, London. Indeed. Who would have thought that a rogue news presenter journalist was able to say uh, that they think hurricane, not hurricane, it's not even a hurricane, storm Aisha, or Ishmish, as Jared has been calling it, (laughs) is is currently, I think they said, currently the most powerful storm in the world. Yeah. Uh, So for some brief moment, Apparently, the UK was the stormiest place on earth. Yeah. I, but and that's a claim you could probably make. Yeah. I mean, if you look across London, wheelie bins adrift, yeah. branches on the pavement. <laughs> Hairstyles knocked out of sorts. Yeah, yeah. It's been, a, it's been wild. Stray cats um, are stray. <laughs> um, but if we stay on the, the sort of major t- uh, event sort of space, there's this piece that came out in the insurer that was talking about sort of are we ready for the next major volcanic eruption? Because we had a one, what was it, six years ago? The the Icelandic one, which was massively disruptive to like the travel industry and huge amount of losses that came from from that as those ash clouds sort of shut down huge swaths of travel mm-hmm. across Europe. But they're sort of diving into th- one of these feels imminent now, doesn't it? So there's a funny word that I've forgotten, I, but I did learn about recently. I... And it comes in two types, mm-hmm. the upward version and the downward version. <laughs> but it's an interesting word. Anybody can email us and tell us what this word is. But basically, when a volcano goes off, yeah. either it can send stuff up into the air, mm-hmm. or as we saw in Iceland you know, a few days, a couple of weeks ago now, mm-hmm. it can come down, yep. down the mountain instead. And, and those, they have the same name, but one is the upward. Ah, like, like stalactites and stalagmites. Yeah, very, for those very of you are that kind of cavers thing. <laughs> or whatever cave it is. But it's still. like a really oddly technical word. Anyway, yeah. we are st- seeing a lot of volcanic activity around the world. Lots of uh, seismic kind of movements that suggest potentially an eruption could come at some point. But then again, where we have seen those happen historically, it's been like, oh, well, it did wobble slightly 30 years ago. So that yeah. that eruption was due any minute. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a bit of discussion in the press this month about whether the reinsurance industry is actually prepared for such an event, yeah. should one occur in a in a busy area. Yeah, well, and, and going back to your previous article we talked about before about like this idea of gray swans, a volcanic event, it could be a massive cat, but in more, it's, it would seem to be more like, like a very large gray swan event. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of the other piece that's coming out is looking at 2023 in hindsight now, more than 123 billion in insured losses. But as we've talked about, no major cat events. A lot of this is driven by sort of severe storm aggregate losses in the U.S. This could continue to drive that kind of moderately large events that just accrue to the detriment of the industry in many ways. Just like the largest storm on earth in the U.K., just <laughs> adding to that bill. <laughs> Speaking of bills, I mean, I know I'm jumping the order, yeah. but there is a bill in the U.S. There, okay, we will, we'll jump the order. It's completely messy. <laughs> But t- too good a tangent to miss. <laughs> it was an excellent tangent. You seized it appropriately. Um, the Federal Reinsurance Program bill sort of was brought to the floor in the United States um, to some insurer skepticism this time around. Yeah, I, th- I think there's this 
long recognized challenge of uh, affordability of reinsurance for insurance companies who in turn have a lot of constraints as to being able to charge sufficient premiums to at-risk policyholders yeah. uh, who have a lot of disaster exposure, whether that's you know wildfires and earthquakes in California or hurricanes in Florida, etc. Um, the, the solution to some of those perils historically has been localized, like state programs. So you look at FHCF in Florida, you look at the NFIP uh, for the flooding. Some of those schemes have gained quite a lot of debt, should we mm. say, and are seen as maybe not as successful as one might hope. And I think the response, therefore, to the idea that we should have one of those at a federal sort of US-wide level, uh, and possibly that in itself resulting in the dissolution of the others, yeah. uh, has not been met with the warmest reception yeah. because people have thought, well, it doesn't work on a small scale that well. Yeah. So why would we make a massive one that is out of sync with the private markets at a time when the private markets are kind of recovering yeah, uh, and getting a bit of momentum. So, so but, people are starting to question that. I think. Yeah, and I think rightfully so. And this this would be interesting to bring someone on to do that as policy in this space. But there was also some conversations this week um, in the UK around building a cyber program similar to like Flood Re and, and the sort of push that it should operate in a similar sort of function. But Flood Re is supported by the government where these sort of pushing this effort to push this forward would be broadly independent and aligned with sort of market conditions, but this pursuit of there should be an aggregate pool of protection for these types of things. So the the interplay between the regulators and governments and these sort of supported schemes mm. um, alongside the sort of independent market is always an interesting one to sort of wrestle with, isn't it? Absolutely. They, they have tried to add some pizzazz to it by uh, yeah. giving it an interesting acronym. The the US uh, federal scheme has somehow managed to achieve all seven letters. Yeah. No. Yes. Six letters of insure. It's six letters, isn't it? Yeah. I had to think about that. Yeah. Uh, in its acronym, Intergalactic National something <laughs> or other. I, uh, insurance something or other. But yeah. basically, I game on if you're somewhere else in the world and you want to set up a pool or a scheme yeah. has to have an interesting acronym well, good luck getting the domain name though this is true, this is true. <laughs> um going back to the original scheduled order <laughs> of the news today um a bunch of reports as well wrapping up 2023 as these things come out is really strong performance in the ils space um to be reflected in european reinsurers this is just sort of jp morgan coming out with this um and then alongside Swiss Re sort of securing a $50 million cyber retro ILW. So that part of the industry sort of getting continued momentum around alternative capital and things. Yeah, and we, we had a really good conversation in our renewals recap episode, so I won't repeat too much of that here. But one thing that had come out in the press recently, I think on Bloomberg or similar uh, front page news, was that some of the top performing hedge funds this year had disproportionately gone heavy into natural catastrophe exposure um which i which worries me slightly that they're going to get the wrong end of the stick mm. and, and think oh that's the place to be when looking at the results of uh, any kind of fund that's going the catastrophe exposure route on a one-year basis 
mm-hmm. not the way to measure performance. I'm anyway. putting all my chips on yeah, exactly. black oh, eight. <laughs> so much money. It's like, yeah, you need to look at this over a slightly longer return yeah. period to know yeah. whether it's a good idea or not. But yeah. hey, so it was a good idea last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Maybe they won't stick around. Yeah. Maybe they're like, great, done. <laughs> Sample size of one. <laughs> this is printing money. Yeah, we'll stop there and off we go. Yeah. Speaking of printing money, reinsurers continuing to enjoy attractive market conditions despite the sort of momentum slowing a little bit there, which we talked about in the 1-1 recap, but um, it's still a place to be. Uh, there's a lot of, there's been, there's been a number of deep dive sort of articles around even as reinsurance market conditions, or those opportunities are beginning to sort of plateau, it's still a far more attractive space than the other options available to the insurer. So it will continue to be the, the sort of primary source of support for the insurance companies and therefore an attractive space for the reinsurers right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think despite, you know, this grace one environment that we've mm-hmm. discussed a lot, I things feel relatively stable across the board. I Yes, there's like a bit of fear at the moment that with what's going on uh, in the Red Sea and with the Houthi rebels shooting at mm-hmm. trade ships and, and so on that, you know, shipping might be a lot more expensive and trigger a rise in inflation again. I but they're not comparing it to anything like we saw in the pandemic where, you know, it wasn't a case of it's taking longer to get stuff. It was a case then of you just can't get stuff at all. It, it was, uh, you know, fully fully blocked bottlenecks, whereas now it's just sort of, yeah, we've got to go the long way around. It's more expensive. Maybe that will slow down recovery of interest rates to target levels, but yeah. we're not really likely to see a, a big economic change as a result of these various uh, conflicts or, or challenges around the world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then lastly, wrapping up the news on the month is sort of a, a return to technology-focused um, supersede a company we know well. Uh, Who's that? <laughs> the reinsurance platform. Uh, massive jump in usage, uh, 43% increase in platform-wide usage to end the end of the year. Um, so it's super exciting mm-hmm. news for us and our team on on that movement. But this broader shift towards this recognition that the industry is still not investing as much as expected in technology, um, but we're seeing that begin to change. Uh, one of our integration partners, um, Hyper Exponential, just closed a large Series B funding round as well. So you are seeing that movement and that commitment to technology beginning to grow Um but I think the industry talks a bigger game than it's delivering at the moment. Aren't they? Uh, absolutely. I, I think we, we had a conversation this morning I, on a separate panel with the chief economist for a large bank and a bunch of other firms talking about AI. And uh, not that it was necessarily catching uh, the interests for, for normal tasks in insurance companies, but it was at least uh, for these big enterprises lifting the bar and sort of saying, okay, now to be good at technology, you've got to be here. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, the bar of being bad for te- uh, uh, technology is lifting as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a, an opportunity to be uh, still perhaps behind, you know, the best in class. You're not like in the space race, yeah. Uh, but you also don't want to be in the worst in class yeah. and be behind when it comes to having clean data and having good, uh, you know, insights about your portfolio and the business that you're doing. And I think the insurance industry has had a bit of a shakeup mm-hmm. in thinking, oh, hang on. If the cutting edge is now that much higher than it was, then we we still want to be like acceptable laggards, yeah. not you know like yeah. healthy laggards, and not like kind of really, really inescapably far behind. And when we've always sort of seen this, right? The table stakes, the table stakes increase, and 
over time you're expecting that. Like there was at one point the last insurer who sent their submissions via fax machine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And eventually they're like, okay, next year we're doing emails, right? Yeah, so this is getting out of here. <laughs> you're always going to have an element of that natural progression upwards. I think the excitement with that sort of step change, which we've seen more recently with the sort of push of AI, whilst I don't think it's going to transform this industry overnight is sort of dragging people up a bit more to, okay, we need to have at least shifted to knowing what is in our book of business a bit more, you know, so those types of things are happening. So optimistic that the market will continue to invest and lean into that future. Um, we're seeing it certainly on our side. So um, exciting stuff ahead. Indeed. But there you have it, the news for January 2024. We'll see you in February, folks. See you next month, everyone. <laughs>